The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. Everything's moving really fast today. Like, really, really fast. So I'm catching up on some feedback from a couple of segments ago when we were talking about Le'Veon Bell and the cottage cheese butt stripper. And Brant says, at underscore Adam Crowley, that last segment on the Le'Veon Strip Club video was too funny. Had me cracking up in traffic. Dugan says, at underscore Adam Crowley, he was just at the club researching his next super successful and good rap song. That's true. I bet you he raps about that. Were there 15 mil on the table there? Is that what he was talking about when he said 15 mil? Dollar bills he was throwing at a stripper? That brings up a good point, too, because that's another bad decision Lev made. Rapping. Oh, the worst decision he's made. Thank God he's good at football. One day we should play the game of what would this player do if he didn't play football? Although I feel like that could be kind of dicey. Maybe we'll not play that that game. That could get weird. You know what? Let's not play that game. Let's play it off the air. Strike it from the record. Play it off the air one day. You found the Crowley Show. Where your mom listens, and you should too. 412 922 2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley, at FBomber73, and at 970 Button Pusher. Nope. At 970 ESPN Button Pusher. Nope. Nope. At 970 ESPN and 106.3 FM Button Pusher. Nope. Nope. At Adam Crowley Show Producer Button Pusher. Nope. Uh-uh. At under... What is it, Tom? Button Pusher 970. Oh, man. That was like the... That would have been my next nope. guess. Nope. No, that's it. It's at Button Pusher uh, 970. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. At Button Pusher 970. At F-Bomber 73. That's it. At Button Pusher 970. Yep. At underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We're doing radio up in here. I wrote a column for the Pittsburgh City Paper... I think my next one comes out tomorrow. Keep a lookout for that on the Twitter.com. It was about baseball and how it's beyond saving. And how you've got the same refrain from broadcasters and columnists all around the country. Change the way that the game is played. Outlaw shifting. You know what? No, that's not going to do it. Let's put the DH in the National League. No, wait, no, that's not going to do it. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's put a moat in the outfield. There's all kind of suggestions that get thrown around all the time on how to fix baseball, and I think baseball is beyond fixing at a national level. Obviously, when you look at it market by market, when you look regionally, baseball can still thrive. Baseball is very popular in certain pockets. Baseball today in Pittsburgh, for example, is very popular. But on a macro level, the game is slowly wilting. Maybe not so slowly. So I wrote about that. And this guy, Otis, he he doesn't email. He snail mails a letter to the city paper office on Smithfield Street downtown. Attention, Adam Crowley. And he writes, bear with me here. Dropped it. Adam, it shows that you know nothing about the game of baseball from your article. You know what's wrong with baseball. People trying to change it. Baseball has nine men in nine innings to play the game and extra innings in the case of a tie game after nine. Thank God we cleared that up. To think that banning shifts is going to make it any more exciting? No chance. That wasn't my argument. 
What you have to understand is that the shift is only used on batters whose balls are hit to one side of the field 90% of the time. It is up to the batter to adjust. And anytime a guy is making a million plus bucks, I would think it essential that he learns, double underlined, to hit the other way. Therefore, this is just singular, singularly underlined, rendering the shift useless. Adding the DH to the NL is also a mistake. I agree. We are already in the age of instant replay in baseball, which is actually taking the game out of the hands of the best officials in sports. MLB umpires. To contest every close play by instant replay is what is slowing down the game. It should only be used in crucial situations, i.e. ninth inning, tie game, or game-ending plays. Well, then wouldn't you be taking the best officials in all of sports out of play? He says the DH rule should not be used in the NL for this reason. Strategy. It still lets a manager manage instead of just moving pieces like they do in the AL. NL baseball is baseball, the way it's always been played, and should remain so. Adam, you lack the patience because of being ignorant of the nuances of the game. You can only speak of crotch scratching, but you know nothing of what's going on when there's one out, a man on second, and you're facing the best hitter on the team. That's where the strategy comes in. Do they walk him intentionally to try for the double play? Do they pitch to him? Up and away? Down and in? What pitch do you throw if the count is one and two? A curveball? A slider? These are the things in the game that make it enjoyable, Adam. The guesswork. Trying to read the manager's minds. Go to a game and you be the manager. You'll enjoy it a lot more. Otis Keasley, Northside. I don't think I need to say much. I'll keep it concise here, Otis. The fact that the guy who's defending the sanctity of the game of baseball takes the time out of his day to write three pages to me, snail mail it to one place, to then see it get forwarded to another place, that's the problem with baseball. Whenever I argue with people about football, they do so on Twitter. Whenever I argue with people about hockey, they do so on Twitter. When you talk about the World Cup, you argue on Twitter. People call in. People text. You argue via the phones. When it's baseball, this letter is what's wrong with the game. It smells like molasses. And mothballs. And it got here as slow as molasses. You know, that's the kind of guy who who probably frequently utters phrases like, they don't make them like they used to. Yes. Kids these days. Back in my day, I used to dredge 20 feet of snow to school. It's, it's that kind of guy. You know, when his buggy wasn't available. This guy definitely has uttered the phrase, wussification of America. Yo, oh, over and over and over. Two-a-days. Make America great again. Don't drink water till you sweat. No more time on that, though, because baseball is saved in Pittsburgh today. It is saved today by Neil Huntington. I can't believe I still can't believe it. <laughs> We're going to hear from Jason Rollison of BucksDugout.com and also the Locked On Pirates podcast in about 13 minutes here on the show. But the Pirates, I think, fleeced the Tampa Bay Rays. Fleece them. At least in terms of what the Pirates need. And the Pirates couldn't afford to give up. I think Austin Meadows can be a very good baseball player in the major leagues. I think that Tyler Glass now, in the right circumstances, could maybe figure it out. It was never going to happen for him here. So he's worth nothing to the Pirates except for as a trade piece. 
If you would have told me at the beginning of the year you could trade Tyler frigging Glass now to get a bona fide number one or number two starter in this league, I would have smacked you in the face. Are you frigging kidding me? So you get rid of that guy in that headache, and as good of a dude as he is, and as cute as my wife thinks he is, he is a headache. He's a headache. Because you got to fix him all the time. When you put him in the ball game, he's going to strike out four guys. You're going to walk four guys. That's what you give up on. That's what you trade. Great. Perfect. You don't have to give up Keller. You don't have to give up Hayes. You don't have to give up Newman. You don't have to give up Kramer. You get to keep all those players. The one that hurts more is Meadows, but it doesn't hurt if you operate like a real baseball team, and the Pirates are operating now like a real baseball team. Meadows mattered if you needed that third outfielder. Marte and Polanco are going to be around now for a while. You needed the third outfielder. Enter Corey Dickerson, who the Pirates also fleeced the Rays to get. And you sign him to an extension, or you see how the rest of the year plays out. You pick up the option next year, see how that goes. But you keep the guy around for the rest of this year and at least next year, so you don't have a need for Austin Meadows. You don't need that guy. The Pirates traded two players who aren't going to help on their Major League roster for a guy who absolutely flippin' will. And for all you people out there saying, well, the Pirates were in on David Price a couple of years ago, they say they were. I don't know if they were. They weren't willing to give up the guy. The Pirates were in on Quintana last year, and they weren't willing to give up Tyler Glass now. And instead they get Archer, who's, I think, a better pitcher, certainly, than Quintana. How about that? And you know why I think this all happened? The team forced the general manager's hand. Absolutely. But I think the fan base did too. I believe that. When Neil Huntington said, this is a big week for us, this is a big week for our baseball team, he may have accidentally forced his hand. Because I don't think he really believed that they were going to go on a tear. I don't believe he thought they were going better than 4-4 four and four in that stretch. It was eight games, they went 7-1, and one, then they went 11 in a row, and all of a sudden they're contenders. I don't believe he thought they could do that. I don't believe he thought that they had that in there. And they proved him wrong. And when they proved him wrong, they made him have to back up his comments. And you know what? For all the flack I've thrown his way based on his drafting, for all the flack I've thrown his way for just being a puppet with Bob Nutting's hand up his ass, he did right by the fans right now, and he did right by that baseball team. He had to do it or the fans were going to lose their minds. I did a bunch of show prep leading up to today's program. And what I wrote for the headline was the Pirates' track record has brought them what they deserve in this town. That's the way today's show was going to go. And instead it's had me singing and dancing to the Pirates theme. Root, root, root for your home team. A new Pirate generation. Everybody shout. Let's go, Buck. I was going to talk about how they bring in Kyote Kella. And yet Pirate fans were still going to be pissed off at 4 o'clock because they didn't get the big fish. Because they just got the, quote, reliever. They just got the small potatoes guy. That's the route this show was going to go. I was going to talk about how, even despite them making a good move, and if they had just made the Kita move by itself, it still would have been a good move. I was going to talk about how they were going to make that move, and then people were still going to be mad because they did not do right 
enough by the ball club. They did not do right enough by the fans. And that's what people were screaming about. Tom, in our group chat, was saying, oh, F the Pirates, they're going to go out and get the reliever, and they're going to be rumored in the Archer discussions, and they're never going to get him. So Pirates fans, in a, on a day where they should have been happy that they were getting a bona fide eighth-inning guy, were all going to be mad because they didn't get what they actually wanted. And you know what? The Pirates would have deserved every bit of that criticism. Every last sentence, every last phrase, every last word would have been absolutely freaking deserved because they've never done enough. But the tenor and the tone of this show changed because Neil Huntington got off his ass and made a couple of moves. He bolsters the rotation. He bolsters the back end of the bullpen. I used to make jokes to my friends at West Virginia that Neil Huntington only goes to the winter meetings for the free food. Uh, There's no point for him to be there. It means nothing. And you know what? He proved me wrong today. And anybody who's being negative about the Pirates today is doing so only because they want to be negative. It does not absolve them for everything that they've done. Absolutely flipping not. It does not absolve them of not doing anything when the team won 98 games. Of pulling apart a roster that contended for a division championship and the best record in baseball. It does not absolve them of that. It doesn't absolve them for getting rid of Juan Nicasio last year so they could save $600,000. It doesn't absolve them for the cheap things that they've done. But today, this baseball team has a chance to make the playoffs because they got off their ass for once. Because Neil Huntington wasn't there for the free food. Because Neil Huntington said, you know what? We've got a prospect that's coveted. And we've got a major league player that can fit that role as opposed to the prospect. And you want glass now? Fine, take him. Things changed today. Maybe it is a new pirate generation. Michael tweets at underscore Adam Crowley, if the Pirates in an alternate bucko-verse were 15 games under five hundred today and Neil Huntington had blown the whole thing up, which version of Hurt would you guys be singing instead of Let's Go Bucks? I don't think we would be singing anything like that because it just would have been more of the same. This ball club forced the general manager's hand. This fan base forced the general manager's hand. The PR bleep storm that was going to be facing them had they not done something forced this general manager's hand, and he did right by the fans for once. It doesn't get rid of the past, but it sure as hell makes the future look a hell of a lot better. Tyon, Archer, Musgrove, Williams, all under control next year. And you've got Keller, and you've got Hayes, and you've got the Seinfeld combination. You lose Hearns for Kello, whatever. The entire bullpen, Crick, Kella, whose name I've said five different times this segment, and Vasquez Rivero, who's got two names, they're all going to be on the Pirates roster next year and beyond as well. The Pirates, they're looking up. Fifteen days ago, holy hell, they were atrocious. Baseball, baby. Baseball. Coming up next, we talk to Jason Rollison. Get his thoughts on what the Pirates did give up, what they could have given up, and why they made the right moves today. It's the Crowley Show, ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. Axon. Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axon. 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 He went from the bottom. 
Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Kellen tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. This man has been spitting straight fire since 4 p.m. Sounds like someone caught the fever. Hashtag Buck Yeah. There are people in this town that even today want to find a way to tear the Pirates down. And I am always on board with piling on the franchise when they don't do enough. But all we've been doing since 2011 is asking them to do exactly what they did today. Hell be it for me to tell them they didn't do it right. And look, Chris Archer might wind up just being the 430 ERA guy that he was in Tampa. If that's the case, I'm still happy they tried. That's what you wanted to see. It's what we haven't seen. I can't remember the last time I was this excited to watch a Pirate baseball game. It looks like it's clearing up out there. It looks like we might see some bucko ball tonight. And, yeah, the lineup's a little ding. You don't have Dickerson. You don't have Bell. And trust me, that hurts. I mean, if you've got those guys in the lineup tonight, I'm so am. But you do have Jamison Tyon on the hill. You got your dog. Let's see how he barks tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we haven't done enough talking, I don't think, about Kella either. It's probably because I'm so scared to say his name. We even had Chase Williams from Channel 11 Television tweet us the other day and tell us how to say it. You know what? Actually, it's in my DMs. It's not in my DMs. It's in my mentions, which... I mean, at this point, they're just way down the line. People blowing me up. Here we go. I don't have it. I don't have it. He shortens the game for the Pirates. And I hate that phrase, but what I mean by that is if the starters who are prone to going short still go short, if they pitch the five innings that we're used to seeing from these guys, then... It's okay because you've now got five relievers on the back end that I think you think are good enough. At least three. Crick and Rivero and Kella, they're good enough. Santana, eh. Rich Rodriguez, eh. On the days they're on, they're on. They still strike out a bunch of guys. That's usually a predictor of future success. But now if Trevor Williams goes out and throws five and gives up two, you feel okay about it. Before if he goes five and gives up two, you think, okay, it's a fine start, but now we're going to be in trouble. Because now we got to get to that soft underbelly of the puck goes, which is the bullpen. For as good of a move as the Archer move was, this helps the rotation too. Kingham gets to come out. Maybe he goes to the bullpen. Maybe he goes down and starts to develop a little bit more. But when you add an extra reliever, it adds the depth and everybody gets better. Jason Rollison joins us now from BucksDugout.com and the Locked On Pirates podcast. Hey, man, what's up? What's... Hey, uh, not much. Thanks for having me on and giving me a break from Twitter. I have to say, first of all, I, I agree with your assessment on the Le'Veon Bell video, 110%. My God. Uh, but also, we now live in a world where the Pirates won the trade deadline. Could you believe it? No, I can't believe it. In fact, I'm just getting ready to get struck by lightning at this point. I, the other shoe's going to drop and we're all going to die of some terrible Chipotle poisoning like what's going on in Ohio. Uh, anyway, Jason, I, I think it's huge that the Pirates were able to make this trade, the Archer trade, without having to give up Keller. You give up Glass now, who I think you know what he's going to be in Pittsburgh at this point, and 
You give up Meadows, but if you keep Dickerson around, that one don't hurt too bad either. No, it sure doesn't. Uh, so we unpack it piece by piece. I think that uh, I learned everything I needed to learn about Glasnow standing in the organization when they repeatedly had a couple of chances this year to stretch him back out as a starter, and they didn't. That told me that his time as, as a possible Pirate starter in the, in the future was null and void. Um, so, therefore, for me, it kind of becomes, you know, a, a Meadows for Archer kind of headline package. And that's a pretty fair swap to me with Dickerson, like you said, and with some talent that the club acquired in the outfield in the minors from the Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon trade. So came together pretty quickly, but kept Keller, check. Uh, got a controllable starting pitcher, check. Got a reliever, like you said, check. Uh, Neil Huntington absolutely won the trade deadline. All right, let's start now by talking about what he can bring. Uh, I think that his peripheral numbers, Archers, uh, indicate that he's pitching a little bit better than his ERA, although I know his ERA in his last eight starts has been around 270, which is obviously very good. You get him out of the AL East, uh, where do you slot him in? I mean, right behind Jamison Tyone, or is he, he's your bona fide number one? Either way, they got him both. Yeah, it's a 1A and 1B kind of situation, and you're absolutely right about the peripherals. They tell a different story than what, you might see if you just glance at MLB.com and glance at stats. Um, but I will say this. Um, his strikeout percentage has gone down a little bit, and his K-9 yeah. as well this year, a little bit. But he's tempered that with having consistent walk rates. And the only thing I caution people on is that his fastball is getting knocked around a little bit harder. This year, about 93.6 miles per hour on the average, I think, um, as opposed to, say, 90 miles per hour two, uh, three years ago. And the league rate on that is about 92. So, can knock around a little bit, but the Pirates wanted him for his slider and that he can flash a changeup on occasion, which are two things that um, the Pirates desperately need in their rotation to kind of get away from the fastball-heavy approach. So that's what you're looking at with Archer. Uh, world-class talent, obviously, was a big fish. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I keep telling myself because I'm trying to convince myself that it's, it happened and the Pirates actually got him. <laughs> Is it possible for Keller to be in the rotation next year? Yes, absolutely. He has scuffed a little bit in uh, – Triple A this year, but from all accounts, it is normal growing pains. Um, so I expect him maybe mid year next year, maybe a little later, depending on how the 2019, 2019 season shakes out. But he's on track. Absolutely no issues with that at all. So I think you'll see him next year for sure. I'm pretty sure I called Jason Rollison, uh, Josh Rollison, when I brought him on. Uh, I just, I'm just so fired up today. He joins us from <laughs> Bucks Dugout and the Locked On Pirates podcast. All right, let's put a pin in Archer for a moment now, and let's talk about a little bit. Kello, who can be your eighth inning guy, uh, you can move him around. Uh, he's a righty, whereas Vasquez is the lefty. So there's mix and match options there. But the bullpen goes from the beginning part of the season from being an absolute disaster to now. I mean, it's solid, very solid. I'm flashing back to April and writing about guys like Josh Smoker and Ugh. Jack Levisitz and just thinking, wow, what a turnaround. Uh, they've had. It, it started with signing Richard Rodriguez off the scrap heap, maybe trusting Edgar Santana when he was going through a little bit of a rough stretch to put it back together. And now you're adding a guy who is the proven commodity in the bullpen for the Rangers. Closing experience. Uh, Clint Hurl doesn't really like to play mix and match very well, so you might just see him lock down some roles. But, I mean, if you're talking about some shortcomings in the rotation, perceived shortcomings, maybe you're not so, you don't have so much faith in Williams. Maybe Joe Musgrove is less than exciting to you. You know, maybe if a bad, if a bad Ivan Nova comes out, uh, you could be worried. But don't be so worried now because they can shorten games because of this bullpen, and it's very dynamic. And what I like about it is everyone can miss bats, and that's pretty exciting. Jason Rawlson joining us here 
on the Crowley show. Is it just a foregone conclusion that Kingham comes out of the rotation? I really think so. I think the way Trevor Williams and Musgrove have pitched lately pretty much cements that possibility. And that's not the worst thing in the world to have Kingham down at AAA for pitching depth. Um, but, yeah, I can't see any other scenario right now, to be honest. When you look at what the Pirates have done, and you look at the return in the Cole trade, and you look at the return in the McCutcheon trade, and then you couple it with what they've done today, I think it makes some people eat crow. I, I think that they've done a good job of building this roster, giving away two cornerstone pieces of this franchise. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought about this earlier today and put it on Twitter. That could you imagine if, if one year ago today we said to someone that Andrew McCutcheon would be traded twice in the calendar year? as it looked like might have happened uh, today, ultimately he didn't get traded. But I think what this does is it gives you a lesson in taking the long view. Everyone in MLB these days is talking about boom or bust. You have to bust in order to boom. And somehow Neil Huntington found a way to play it in the middle, take a small step back, and uh, you know come in and, and just rebuild the system in the span of like uh, what, six months, eight months. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a wild ride, and you just really have to give, give kudos to him and eat crow, like you said. The Pirates, a week ago, when they were in the wild card hunt, sitting there two and a half, three and a half back, I thought to myself, okay, they're in it, but they don't look like the other teams at the table. I don't think that they're as talented as these teams. Well, you add an archer, you add Kilo or Kello. I'm going to keep screwing that up, but we all know who I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, you look a little bit more like the guys that you're at the table with. I think you could compete with Arizona. I think you can compete with the Brewers. I don't think that you look all that different than in Atlanta or Philadelphia. I think the Pirates are right there with those teams right now. Now they're three and a half back, so they don't have that edge, but they're right there with those guys. Yeah, and you can even make the argument that they might have a leg up when you talk about guys like Marte, guys like uh, you know Josh Bell and Francisco Cervelli if he gets hot again. They may be even more proven than guys playing for Philadelphia and Atlanta. So. Yeah. I'm right there with you. You know, I think it's uh, what what worries me about their chances is that they somehow have about five games in hand on the Braves. The Braves are five games behind in the loss ahead. Excuse me, in the loss column. That might be a little tough to make up should Philly take hold of the NL East. But that's that's a problem for another time. Today, as we stand, the Pirates are just as talented as any of those teams, and they'll have to produce, of course. But on a talent level, they are very comparable. And you know what? They gave it their all for now, and they're going to make a push. And they've got the roster with the ability to make the push. But you look at what they've got for next year. You've got Tyon and Archer and Musgrove and Kingham and Williams and, and Holmes uh, and, and all those guys who are under control in the starting rotation. All those relievers we talked about are all under control until 2020. So this is a Pirates team that with the roster they have now can compete this year and conceivably next year. And you're going to have reinforcements in Kevin Newman, Kevin Kramer, two right. guys who are playing really well at AAA. You're going to have Elias Diaz, uh, another year of seasoning under his belt. Maybe he can get into a true 50-50 split with Cervelli. You're going to have Colin Moran, presumably taking a step forward, uh, having a full season under his belt. So it's a good time to be a Pirates fan, that's for sure. The next thing I want to see them do is really approach Dickerson for an extension. I think that needs to happen now that Meadows is gone. Um, won't even prognosticate on that because – we're still all still in the afterglow of today, but that's going to have to be on their radar pretty soon. Well, I tweeted it out. I said the only way that today could get better is if they did that and, and got Dickerson a deal done. What do you think makes sense numbers-wise there? I would say uh, he's got one more year of control, so you want to buy that year out. I would say three years total with maybe a fourth-year player option. So 
something like uh, 12 to 13 million a year sounds fair, uh, provided he continues to have a good season. Because before this season, his reputation had been a lousy second half player. So if he can put that to rest a little bit, I think he can easily command about that kind of money. What can Meadows be in the majors? Do you think? Well, he's a very good uh, low ball hitter and inside ball hitter from the left hand side of the plate, which bodes well for his power really developing into a. You know, 20, 25 home run, consistent home run power. Um, I, I think the average at the end of the day might not be there, but in today's baseball, uh, it's not so important. I think he'll be a run producer, and he's very good defensively. He can play all three outfield positions. So let's make no mistake. The Rays got a good player, potentially great player in Meadows right now, and uh, we'll see how they how they take him and run with him. What about Glass now? I know the ship sailed here in Pittsburgh. It wasn't going to get better than that. But can he reach... His ceiling, can he ever be that guy, in your opinion? As a starter, it's going to be tough. I think he'll be a dominant bullpen arm. Uh, I think we saw it this year, as they slowly started to trust him more in high-leverage situations, he responded. And I think if you give him a full year of doing that, he could very well be that Andrew Miller type that many people thought he could be. As a starting pitcher, I just don't think so. Uh, the control is not there for me just enough to trust him for seven innings of work at a time 30 times a year uh but he's obviously very talented and the sooner that some organization decides which path he's going to be on and commits to it the better jason if you've been following it and i'm, I'm sure you have but you've been tapped in on the pirate stuff but who else improved that's going head-to-head with the buckos right now well i like what the Brewers did by getting scope uh from baltimore he had a fantastic year last year scuffled this year a bit, but coming on lately, uh, them uh, that plus Mustakas for them really makes them a pretty good line. Gives them a pretty good lineup. I like the Cubs getting Kinsler, but you know the Cubs just don't scare me that much anymore. To be honest, I think their starting pitching is a little suspect. I want to see what Darvish can do the rest of the way, but you know I really don't think uh, any of those guys scare me. Uh, the Braves got a little better today as well. I'm just not too sure, like you said, that the talent is that big of a gulf. Um, so it's it's going to be exciting down the stretch. Jason, love the stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time today, and we'll be in touch soon because the Buckos are in the pennant race, baby. Let's go. Soak it up. Soak it up. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Thanks for coming on. I keep saying it. I keep saying it. I keep saying it. They might not make the playoffs this year. In fact, the odds are still stacked against them. But at least it's fun again, baby. At least they've still got a chance. And at the beginning of the season, I said the Pirates, they'll be in the race come the deadline because they'll be around 500, and by default, they'll be in the race. And now it doesn't feel like they're by default there anymore. It feels like they belong there. It feels like this baseball team is good enough to make the playoffs. Now, that being said, when you don't have Dickerson, who's so good that you're okay with giving up Meadows, and you don't have Bell, who's been playing his best baseball of the season, it makes things harder. If they had their full lineup, and they were all healthy, and they were hitting the way that they were, and they added Archer, I'd say, you know what, they're going to win this thing. They're going to make the wild card. Now I've got my reservations. feel better about it today than I did yesterday. But it's not just about now. It's about next year, too, and the year after. Years of control, baby. That's the buzzword.
There's always a buzzword. Well, the Penguins are playing with a lot of speed. Now they're playing with a lot of grit. Now they're playing with a lot of jam. That's a heavy hockey team. There's always the buzzwords, the buzz phrase. It used to be financial flexibility for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, now it's years of control, and it's got a better ring than any of that. Uh, it's got a much better ring than financial flexibility. Years of control? You mean he's ours? For a while? Really? This guy? Archer? We don't have to go sign someone? It doesn't have to be a minor leaguer? This is for real? Oh, man. I'm still so happy. I'm still so happy. What a day. We got to oh, call my grandma. We'll call her tomorrow. She doesn't know what happened yet. Although she's probably watching pregame. I am on crack. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day. Other crap in the three stars of the show. I can't keep anything straight right now. All over the place. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Hey, I'd like to place an order for pickup, please. What's that, sir? Can I place an order for pickup, please? Everything's done at the window, sir. At the window? Yes, sir. It's fast food service. That's funny. I thought the flyer's window closed. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Buckos have Chris Archer, but not tonight. They play the Cubs. Jameson Tyon's going to be on the hill. Luplo leads it off. Marte Polanco frees. Then Cervelli, Harrison, Osuna, Mercer. You miss Bell. He's better than Osuna. Duh. And you'd rather have Dickerson in there than Luplo. But today's still a good day. They could lose 18-2 to the Cubs, and it would still be a good day. It would be. Future's looking bright. This year's looking brighter. I'm so happy. But the thing is that when I wrote up my other crap today, or not my other crap, pardon me, my hottest take of the day, I was going to rep the Pirates. So for my hottest take of the day, I'll tell you what I was going to say had they only traded for Kilo. Make sure you pause in the middle and say, like, again, and remind people that you're not actually taking this take. Should I case, do that? Yeah, just in case they tune in and they're like, what? What's what an idiot? Yeah, what happened Just make there? sure you throw some disclaimers in the middle. Okay, so this is what my hottest take of the day was going to be, and it's still what my hottest take's going to be because I'm not going to change anything. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Even though the Pirates got their eighth-inning guy today, Pirates fans at 4 o'clock when the deadline passed were still let down. And while it was a good move, while it made a lot of sense, I can feel you on that. Hey, it's great. You got your bridge to Rivero. You got your bridge to Vasquez. But you didn't get anything besides that. Note, this was if the Pirates hadn't traded for Chris Archer. And albeit, for me, to tell you the fans that you should be happy. Yeah, they got an eighth inning guy, but that's it. And you know what? You can be pissed. You can be mad because the general manager was chasing Gossman all day. And he didn't get him. And the general manager was chasing Archer all day and he didn't get him. And the general manager came out afterwards and said, well, we tried. Well, trying's not good enough anymore. One of these days, you've got to get your guy. One of these days, you have to look like an actual baseball team. 
And today, despite getting the eighth inning guy, you don't look like one. That's what I would have said. That would have been the hottest take of the day. And because I'm lazy, it was. Woo! Other crap. The Pirates traded for Chris Archer. Woo! Other crap. Archer? Bullseye. Woo! Other crap. That move was on point. Woo! Other crap. A shark was kidnapped from the San Diego Aquarium. Gonna need a bigger boat. Woo! Other crap. The people who stole that shark, something is wrong with them. Woo! Other crap. You know what, Brian? It does seem a little fishy. Woo! Other crap. I wouldn't want to be chums with them. Woo! Other crap. What was the porpoise? Woo! Other crap. I bet you that shark is finished. Woo! Other crap. There's rumors that Tom Brady's upset with Patriots ownership. I guess he doesn't respect Robert's craft. Woo! Other crap. I really think they should just air out their differences. Woo! Other crap. It's been 600 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Again? That was the old days. Before the Pirates decided to do things like this. Time stands still. Time is frozen. How many days? 600 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Ask me again tomorrow. I'll tell you again. How many days it's been? 600. Tomorrow, tomorrow it should be 601. Yeah. It's time for the three stars of the show. Oh, that's me. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Chris Archer. John, you're going to want to steal this, and I'm giving you full permission. We're calling him Chris Archer. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. It's, 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 it's horrendous, John. John Barato, it's, it's so bad on the Crowley it's Show. Part of the thing. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Second star. Wait a second. How many times did I say it's there? It's, 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 it's second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Blushes C-Team. I know you're taking the high road here, but I'd be happy to disparage all those women in the video. They were fat, ugly, shaking Whoa! all over the place. Whoa! There were more pockmarks in those asses. on uh, Like Swiss cheese, it looked like. Whoa! That stuff was jelly in a big, round, plastic bag. That's what that was. You're Le'Veon Bell, dude. If you're going to tweet about that stuff, don't embarrass yourself by hanging out with chicks that have obvious... Wait a second. Wait a second. I got to stop you there. Okay. He didn't tweet about it. Carry on. Okay. My bad. My bad. Are you going to allow somebody to film that while you're sitting behind a stripper like that? I don't know what the hell was going on that. You're a pro football player. Go to a classy joint. This was like a back alley strip club. Where, like, women with C-section scars were just rolling it for every dollar bill they can get so they can go out and buy some crack and come back in. Or in this lady's case, maybe a double cheeseburger, some fries, a pizza, a big bucket of chicken. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Pringles. 
all this pirates management, these dirty, dirty bastards. Oh my god, they're filthy pricks. They are. They really are. Can I not say that? I said filthy cricks. Crooks. They're filthy, these guys. Joey back at Donut Sweets at underscore Adam Crowley. I believe you said filthy Pringles. That was it. Yeah, thanks, Joey. Yeah, that's exactly what I heard. Yeah, Pringles. That Pirates front office, they're a bunch of filthy sliced up potatoes put in a tennis ball container. But finally, they've opened the container <laughs> and pulled the Pringles out and then sold them for cash and then used the cash... To acquire players that they then flip for these guys. Good job. <laughs> I really thought you were allowed to say prick to your finger. No, you can't say prick. Damn. Yeah. You can't say prick? No. Huh. I mean, unless you're like talking about like a needle prick. Yeah. 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 Then you're all right. Yeah. 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 So you can say prick. Prick. Prick is such a great word. It is. It's just a tremendous... Th I, not enough people say it anymore. They're, like, you gotta say it with a little bit of smile. You know, like a little bit of smirk to it. Like, yeah. you know, it's not over the top yeah. harsh. But like it's just, you, it's, Crick. Uh, yeah, you... Needle sticking in your thing. Who let the dogs out? The Pirates are back and are going to thump up on the Cubbies tonight. Tomorrow, you got me. Live from Steelers training camp at St. Vincent College. Coming up next, live from Lake Trobe. It's two people I like, although I don't remember which two. I hear it's Dulac and Williamson. All right, so it's one person I like and one person I don't. You guys figure out who it is. Oh, now I'm embarrassed. Jerry heard my stripper take. He oh. might agree. He might agree. Sorry, he might Jerry. not be there yet. Sorry, man. I actually do like both those guys. I do, too. Yeah, good people. Now I'm embarrassed. Yeah, me too.